CBS Sports Radio, and hopefully making that weekend a little bit better is some news that this show is now in podcast form. Hick at night, H-I-C-K, at night, N-I-T-E, is the podcast form of this show where all four hours are podcasted on every single podcast platform imaginable on this planet. And so in case you miss any hour, any segment, you want to listen back, you can't listen because you're busy one Saturday morning and you got stuff to do and you want to listen more on Monday morning, you can now do that by subscribing to the Hick at Night podcast wherever you do get your podcasts. All four hours of this show and every single show we have going forward here will be uploaded to that page. So hopefully if you like what you hear, come back a little bit more often and you can listen to that at your leisure Whenever you like. There you go. If you're missing me a little bit on Tuesday, take a listen. I'll be there with you right there. Hick at Night podcast page. Again, night spelled N-I-T. A little play off of words off of Nick at Night. All right. Let's talk a little college football here. I think schools switching conferences, I think it's bad for the sport of college football. So I think what it does is I think it further creates the divide between the haves and the have-nots. And when that happens, parity is decreased. I think parity is what college football needs and should strive for. Going to a season where you have 10, 15, 20 teams that legitimately could compete and win a national title and maybe another 10 or 15 that could compete to make the college football playoff, that to me is when college football is at its healthiest. Knowing the two, three, four teams that are going to win every single year is not fun, not good. And so more parity is needed in college football. I think less parity is achieved when we're seeing this constant switching around of USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten and Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and now Colorado going to the Big 12. Less parity is achieved when these switches are being made. Because these switches and changes are being made for one reason and one reason only. Money. Schools are getting more money to switch conferences. The Big Ten and the SEC can offer schools more money than the Pac-12 and the ACC. And that is not good because the more money that comes in and the bigger the divide between schools, the more resources, obviously, the haves who are getting big paychecks are getting and can get. And the lesser resources, the tougher competition it is for schools and other conferences with less TV revenue, it's tougher for them to keep up. Like if we look at last year, really fast here, look at what each conference got just from TV deals, right? And this is what's driving it. TV deals are driving schools to change conferences. And I'll show you right here in the numbers why that's happening. Last year alone, the Big Ten, from their TV deals, paid each of their member schools $59 million. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, right? the big boys in that conference. They are basically getting $60 million per year in just TV revenue. That's the highest in the country. The SEC was second with $49 million. So currently, last, or I should say not currently, but last year, last year's numbers, there was a $10 million gap between the Big Ten 
and the SEC. Not huge, and the SEC is about to get a new deal, so that number is about to get increased. But that is, I think, serviceable in terms of keeping up with the schools in the Big Ten. The SEC is not poor by any stretch of the imagination. So the Big Ten schools last year, $59 million. SEC, $49 million. Big 12, $43 million. Okay, not terrible in the ballpark, but still we're starting to see that gap now grow. ACC, $40 million per school. Pac-12, $37 million. So usually we talk about the haves and the have-nots, basically the Power 5 schools and the Group of 5 schools, right? Power 5 schools have the money and the resources. Group of 5 schools rarely do not, and that's part of the reason why outside of Cincinnati in the 14 college World playoff, we have not seen a school make the college World playoff. And it's all been Power 5 schools. But now when you look at even the Power 5 schools, you see a gap between the haves and the have-nots where there was just last year a $22 million gap between Penn State and Oregon, between Ohio State and USC. The Big Ten schools on average got $22 more million more, I should say. Sorry about wording that poorly. $22 million more Big Ten schools got compared to Pac-12 schools. That is why Colorado is leaving. That is why USC and UCLA are packing up their bags and going to a conference that primarily has schools in the Northeast and the Midwest. USC has no problem traveling out to Rutgers and flying cross-country to Maryland because in part they're getting almost $60 million a year to do so. They are getting $22 million more than they would if they just played West Coast games in their respective conference. That's not healthy for football, for college football. That's not healthy for the future of this sport where you have in just the Power Five alone over a $20 million gap between the top conference in the Power Five and the bottom conference in the Power Five. And the sad part is, even though $22 million is a lot, the gap is only growing. The Big Ten is getting bigger and better TV deals. The SEC is getting bigger and better TV deals. In part, because those schools are adding, or I should say, excuse me, those conferences are adding premier programs. The Big Ten got $60 million last year. Imagine what they're going to get when USC and UCLA come to the conference next year. SEC schools got $49 million last year. Imagine the number, what that's going to be, once Texas and Oklahoma make it official and they go to the conference next year. And imagine what the Pac-12, because they have not, you know, been able to secure a TV deal yet past next year, or I guess past this year, I should say. What are they going to get for a conference that does not have two of the biggest brands, two of the best historical franchises, or I guess really not franchises because we're talking about college sports, two of the most historical college programs And USC and UCLA, not there. With one of the biggest draws right now in college football, and Deion Sanders, not there. Pac-12 ain't getting $37 million, I can promise you that. And so now as that money gap grows, as the revenue gap grows between the Big Ten, the SEC, and everybody else, How can we expect schools not in the Big Ten and not in those two power conferences to compete? 
How can we truly expect schools in the Pac-12 when they're getting $20, $30 million on average less than schools in other conferences to be able to be the best recruiters, have the best facilities, and put their best foot forward in trying to attract recruits to come to their school over schools in the Big Ten, schools in the SEC. It's almost impossible. And it's only going to get harder. And guess what? When that happens, that's not good for anybody. Having two power conferences, to me, is not a good thing for college football. And the more schools they they eat up, by the way, like I think Oregon and Washington are the next two schools now to be on the move, and I think they're going to go to the Big Ten. That's my prediction. The Big Ten growing to a 20-team conference. The SEC expanding their doors to eventually maybe have 20 teams, and if they are able to somehow open up the ACC and get Clemson and get Florida State and get Miami to come to their conference, I don't think the SEC and the Big Ten being 20 school conferences is a good thing either. I mean, what's the point? You're never going to play then any school in your conference because it's so damn big. I don't think that does much good either. You lose traditional rivalries. You barely play schools in your conference because there's just so many. I don't think that's good for college football moving forward. But instead of just bitching about it, instead of just complaining about it, I have a solution. I want to hear what you think of my solution. This is it. Here's my solution to fix all the conference shuffling right now that we're seeing going on in college football. My solution, a breakaway. A complete breakaway and the formation of a brand new league. 50 schools, 60 schools. I'm up for, you know, who you want to include, but basically take the power five, break it away from the rest of division one football, create their own league and market that to TV networks as one big league. Do what the NFL does. Go to ESPN, go to Fox, go to CBS, go to NBC and tell you, we are going to give you our college football package. What you are buying is this league that has 60 schools in it. Right now, college football is based upon conference. So ESPN is buying into the SEC conference. And Fox is buying into the Big Ten. What I'm proposing is you are buying into this brand new breakaway that has all the Big Ten schools in it, all the SEC schools in it, all the current Pac-12 schools in it, Basically, all of Division One, or excuse me, all of the Power Five, you are breaking away, you are forming a league, and you are selling that. So that way, everyone is getting equal TV money, just like they do in the NFL. The NFL sells to CBS, Fox, and NBC, and ESPN. They sell what? The NFL. You get one league, 32 teams, you have access to them. The NFL doesn't sell the AFC South rights to one network and the NFC West to another, that's ludicrous, right? It's the NFL. You buy the league, and then there you can pick your games and go from there, but the Titans are getting the same TV revenue as the Chiefs, as the Texans, as the Jaguars. It doesn't matter what division you're in. You are getting equal money. That is what college football needs to do. Not sell it based on conference. Sell it based on one 
Power 5 league. That way you get money coming in that is consistent. So that way you're not having a gap form that's even wider than it already currently is. You help promote a little bit of parity because at least now you're giving schools going forward equal resources to work with. There's still going to be dominant programs. Alabama's still going to exist. Georgia's still going to be above the curve. Ohio State, Michigan, USC. These are classic historical powers for a reason. But what you're doing is making the competition knock them down tougher by giving schools like Oregon a chance of equal resources as an Ohio State. That's up to you what you do with those resources, but at least you have a level playing field to try to make sure it's not a, a total runaway and we're looking at three or four schools dominating the landscape of college football going forward because they just have so much more resources and so much more money to use. I think a breakaway is a solution and selling college football to TV networks as one league, just like the NFL does. And by the way, when that's the case, we can then go back to traditional conferences because then the conferences don't matter as much. We can go back to the SEC and shrink it down and keep your traditional SEC schools in that conference. You are playing them each and every year like you normally do. You can get the Big Ten now back down to 10 or 12 schools so you could play in a given year a majority of those schools and you're not playing USC and UCLA every single year. You can get more regional rivalries back. You can get traditional rivalries on a yearly basis and not see those go away because that's unfortunately the future we're heading into. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, one of the best rivalries, no more. See you later as soon as they leave to go to the SEC. It is tougher and tougher to maintain and keep a lot of classic old rivalries. That is part of what makes college football so special and so different. I don't want to see that go away. I think one of the ways you bring it back is by making the conference itself less important. And how you do that is by selling college football as one whole league, not selling college football on the SEC or the Big Ten or the Pac-12. A breakaway is needed. I think a breakaway is eventually coming because I don't think right now the conference shuffling we are seeing, it's sustainable to keep it going and going and going. So what do we think there? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can tweet me as well at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Is a breakaway necessary? Or all the, just I'll ask even a more general question. Do you have a problem with all these switches and conferences? Do you have a problem with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten? Do you care that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving to go to the SEC? Is this a problem in your mind? And if so, what is the solution? 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Let's go to Chicago. JB is there. What's up, JB? Hey, how you doing, big guy? Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for making it, man. What's on your mind? Um, I just want to make a qu- uh, two quick comments. Um, my first question is, um, so I, I'm kind of new to the football scene. Okay. Um, I've been about a fan for about three years right now. Um, but I, yeah. Uh, I have a question. Um, Where so, are you, JB? You had a drive through uh, no, uh, this is some random guy was asking me a question outside. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> um, 
what I was going to ask you is that why is it that uh, with the new leagues coming around the NCAA, uh, like the Ignite and different platforms that guys are making it through the league, it seems that NCAA basketball is still thriving. And you still, like, uh, still have the Cinderella stories. But you don't really see that too much in college football anymore. You don't really see the underdogs. Like last year you had FAA, Atlantic. Uh, yep. You know, you had Alabama kicked out early, and they were yep. like a top-heavy team. So I wanted to ask you, um, why is it that, you know, NCAA basketball seems to be thriving, even though you have all these different avenues to go to the league, whereas this college football is kind of only one direction you could go to really get to the next level, and that's through, you know, the NCAA. So that was my first question. And then uh, to comment on the, uh, <coughs> I'm sorry, <coughs> the college football joining, um, instead of selling – um, to different networks, why doesn't college just create their own network like NFL League Pass or, or, or I mean, NFL All Access or Red Zone or like uh, NBA League Pass and things like that? It's not a bad idea, JB. Haven't really thought about that, honestly, uh, in, in that perspective. Appreciate the call, man. Hopefully you're doing well. Um, I don't hate it. Like, again, I think for me, like, you could sell it however you want. You want to create your own network that people have to subscribe to to watch it and Selfishly, I would not want to do that and pay more money to watch, you know, my Penn State Lions on a Saturday. Uh, I'd rather watch on ESPN for free personally or with a cable subscription. I think it's just easier too with these already established networks to just sell what you got instead of having to create an all a brand new network. Um, and especially with how disjointed college football is, I don't think they would honestly uh, be able to accomplish that in a smooth and easy fashion. For college basketball, there's a few things. Number one, like I said, it, it's you have a lot more experienced teams because a lot of the teams like Kentucky are, are one and done. So you have a lot of good players, elite players, either going right to the G League or going to schools that, you know, like Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky that are just there one year. We You mentioned Florida Atlantic, a lot of those schools like that. A lot of those teams are veteran heavy, a lot of senior presence, a lot more continuity. College football, there's no other alternative. They're there for three years. So you're able to build chemistry. You have a pretty heavy veteran team anyway, and you're able to build, you know, recruiting-wise, sustainable teams each and every year. It's way harder in college football to build a legitimate winner than it is in basketball with five guys and you get, you know, one or two transfers really changes the entire dynamic uh, of the sport. All right, 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. Does college football need a fixing? Do you have a problem with all of the conference shuffling we are seeing? And if so, what is the solution? 855-212-4227. Also, we return here. There was a wild story coming out of Big Ten media days. One Big Ten quarterback was offered by an unnamed SEC school $1.5 million to go to their school. We'll tell you who the quarterback is and if they made a mistake in not taking the money when we do return. It's Ryan Hickey. On CBS Sports Radio. The Ryan Hickey Show returns on CBS Sports Radio. One thing that drives me crazy in college football is the constant hand-wringing when it comes to NIL. Name, image, likeness, and specifically, players getting paid. I am all for players getting paid. There should be no cap. There should be no sort of salary, you know, I don't want to say cap again, but I have to use the word cap. No salary cap. No sort of restrictions. Kids deserve 
I think all the money that they they are a team or a boosters want to give them. Every other industry we work in, if you're in college, you can get paid however much you want and no one complains about it. College athletics is the only one people complain how much someone gets paid. And I thought what I saw this week from one college athlete kind of shows NIL is okay. There's no guardrails needed. There's no Congress that has to step in and make rules. It's stupid. The only thing that should happen with NIL is to make sure that every state is the same laws because right now they don't. Once there is unity, otherwise there is no need for any sort of restrictions. So this week was Big Ten Media Days. Maryland quarterback Talia Tungavailoa, if that name sounds familiar, yes, he's related to Tua, his brother, younger brother, obviously. Talia Tungavailoa revealed to Audrey Snyder of The Athletic that during the offseason, one unnamed SEC program approached him and offered him $1.5 million to come play at their school this year. Now, Talia didn't take it. He's staying at Maryland. That's a big offer. That's a huge offer. He said he talked to his family, talked to his brother, and realized, sure, the money is massive, but it's not worth going to a school, even with all the money in the world, where I won't be happy and I won't have a good time. That, to me, is not only someone with his head screwed on straight, and I think the right logic, but also shows you Yes, some players are going to go to schools just based purely on money. It's going to happen, fine. But not everyone is making their decisions based on money. Let kids make decisions for their own respective circumstances. It takes a lot for a 22-year-old kid to say, you know what, I'm going to prioritize the next level, and I think Maryland gives you the best chance to up my draft stock the most, and if that's the case, I'll make a whole hell of a lot more money than $1.5 million. Talia Tungavailoa is playing the long game. I think a lot of talented players that have the NFL realistically in mind are playing the long game. If he left Maryland and took the $1.5 million to go to whatever SEC school, Vandy, South Carolina, Kentucky, I'm just throwing names out there. I have no idea what school actually offered him the money. Maybe it was Alabama and their quarterback situation is dire. Um, I wouldn't fault him. Do what's best for you, man. Do what's best for you. I don't think it's right for me or anyone else to tell someone else what they should do. So NIL, I have no problem. No problem whatsoever with kids getting paid. And I have no problem with how much they're getting paid. But I think just this story, I wanted to highlight it because not every player is motivated by money and not every player is going to a school based on who is giving them the most money. More kids are smarter and wiser than you think. They're not dumb. They realize there's a lot more money in the, uh, in the NFL than there is at college. Sure, it's great to get paid now at college, especially since the NFL is no guarantee. For those players, those elite players that know, I'm special, I got something going for me, I promise you, yes, the money is great, but they're making their decision still based on who puts me in the best position to get drafted best in the NFL, in the NFL draft. Who gives it the best chance at success at the NFL level? That's what the smart ones are looking at. That's where most players, including Talia Tungavailoa, are thinking when it comes to their decision of where to play and if to transfer. So also, I want to hear your thoughts here. 855-212-4227. 
Is the conference shuffling bad for college football? If you think it is, do you have a solution on how it can be fixed to lessen the USC's and the UCLA's of the world from transferring? To prevent Texas and Oklahoma from going to the SEC? Is there any sort of solution? My solution? A breakaway. 50 to 60 team league. Basically all power five schools form one league and you sell it to TV networks like the NFL does as one league. Right now, college football is sold to TV networks and most revenue comes in through TV based on what conference you're in. The Big Ten sells the Big Ten. The SEC sells the SEC. The Pac-12 sells the Pac-12. Right now, the Big Ten and the SEC are way more lucrative than the other conferences. So they're getting a whole lot more money. If you break away and have this, let's say, 60-team league sold to TV networks where TV revenue is equal, you're getting a whole hell of a lot more money. And also, I think you're leveling the playing field and bringing parity back into the sport, which to me, it should be the main priority. Todd has some thoughts on the conference switcheroos call from Colorado Springs. Hello, Todd. Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing great, Todd. Thanks for asking, man. Yeah, I just want to first say that you guys always entertain me. I'm a bartender. I always drive home at night. Love you guys. You always entertain. Um, you're basically talking communism versus capitalism. You got the NFL. I don't want to get too political, but the NFL is definitely communism. Everybody gets the same amount of money. Everybody shares. College football is capitalism at its best. You know what I mean? The, the rich get yep. richer. And that's that's really where it breaks down to. And I understand what you're saying. But then what about the other? Like, so I'm a huge Boise State fan. I went to Boise State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are those teams that are like good, and they've and they they've proven over time that they can play with almost anybody. Not not as much lately, but you know, but they still have a chance. Like I would, I mean, I would, I love your thought. What I was thinking though is like, if there was some way it was more like the English Premier League and in, in soccer, like where like every year, like a couple teams, if they're if they're really shitty, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you, Todd. Look, here's my thing. Look, Boise State obviously is a school that I would probably include in this breakaway league, and I appreciate the call, man. Um, But it's also one of those things where it's like, you made the communism versus capitalist point. This is what I'll say in in that perspective. When it comes to entertainment, because let's be honest, right? We love sports, and I'll be honest, I'm the first one to tell you, I sometimes, more than sometimes, take sports too seriously. But at its core, at the end of the day, sports are entertainment. We are there to enjoy. We're there to get away and break away from life. I think entertainment should be different than the real world we live in. Obviously, I love being in a capitalistic society, and I do think the best at their jobs should get paid the most money. But outside of the real world, when it comes to the entertainment world, I don't think it's a bad thing that in terms of resources, everything being equal, and then the challenge is, okay, everything's equal. How can you make the best of your situation? How can each team make the best of, you know, having $180 million to spend on a team? How can you make the most of it? It's almost like strategy. I like that. I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing whatsoever. And so for college football, that's kind of where I would like it to go. Each team is, let's just say, getting $100 million in TV revenue with this breakaway league. Everyone's getting an equal amount of TV revenue. What do you do with it? How do you use it? How do you invest it? How can you make sure you are in the best position to recruit, to win, 
to get the best coaches and retain the best coaches. That's more I want to see the sport go because I like parity. I like unpredictability. I like going into a season where you truly have no idea what's going to happen. I don't like going into a season knowing, oh, well, Georgia's going to walk into the college world platform. No big deal. Alabama's always knocking on the door. Ohio State is there every single year. I don't like the fact that they're the, they're, we have a conversation and it's the same six teams every single year. I hate it. I hate it. And one of the ways right now that parity or one of the reasons why parity is not happening a lot is because the Big Ten's got a ton of money, the SEC is getting a ton of money, and other conferences like the Pac-12 are not. Like, I want to play something really quick here. Here's Colorado Athletic Director Rick George. He was explaining the reason why Colorado's leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten. Uh, excuse me, go to the Big 12. And I'll just give you a spoiler alert. He was very upfront and honest for the reason of switching conferences. TV revenue. It's not, oh, let's get back the old Big 12. Let's get our rivalry with Oklahoma State back renewed. It's cut and dry. It's money. And where the money comes from? TV revenue. Colorado's AD just spelled it out for you. Dressed it up nicely. But seeing through the BS, it's money. Matt is calling from Boston with maybe a solution here. Hello, Matt. Hey, what's going on, Ryan? Love the show. Just uh, driving to work right now. Oh, nice, man. Appreciate you uh, making us a part of the drive here. What's on your mind? Uh, so I think I think what they should do, it, pro- it probably will never happen only because of the money thing, but uh, they should divide uh, the country into four sections, east, west, mid-east, midwest, and then so you still have your rivalries, you know, USC, UCLA, uh, Miami, Florida State, uh, Boston, you know, Boston College, Pittsburgh, uh, and then for the the playoffs and the playoffs, you got four teams, the two top, top teams from east uh, from each section, so east, mid east, west, midwest, they play each other, and then the winner of those two teams plays for the national championship. So now you don't sit here and you have. Oh well, Alabama is you know eleven and one. Could they get in? Blah 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 blah. No, the cream of the crop at the top play each other, and then those two those two play for the national championship. All right, so you want to divide it more based instead of like conferences based on on regions. Appreciate the call, Matt. I don't hate the idea. Like the thing is just like, look, I think the twelve team college football playoff is going to bring a, a lot of parity to the sport because now you're going to open up windows and doors for a lot more schools to sell recruits that they can make the playoff, and then from there, you know, maybe go win a national title. But I just also think now one of the areas that truly has to improve is make it sure financially teams are at least competitive. Like, I'll explain a little bit more why money is so important because there's one area where money, and it's not NIL, it's not buying players. This is totally different because NIL is coming from boosters. Right? The TV revenue is not going to the pockets of players. That is all boosters. That's all donations made by alumni bases and fans. We're talking about something different here in terms of resources. I'll tell you when we do return on the Ryan Hickey Show, right here on CBS Sports Radio, why that revenue is so important and why it's driving a wedge right now between parity in college football and predictability. You're listening to the Ryan Hickey Show. Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We're trying to find a solution and really just trying to have a discussion with all the conference reshuffling going on, the latest being this week, Colorado 
announcing they are leaving the Pac-12 after this season to go back to the Big 12. Is this good for college football? And if you think no, like I do, what is the solution? And for me, the solution is a breakaway of 60 teams, roughly, give or take. I'm, I'm open for a little more, a little less. So we, we kind of talk about which teams would be included in this breakaway league. But the bigger idea is form a new league, sell it to TV networks as one league. Right now, right, college football is sold based on conference. Big Ten has their own deal. SEC has their own deal. Each team then gets money based on which conference they're in. And you are seeing now a discrepancy where the last year's numbers, the Big Ten schools on average got basically just about $60 million per school, just from TV revenue. Pac-12 was last in terms of the Power Five. They got $37 million. And the gap's only going to widen. And why that matters is, you look at money spent on recruiting. And again, I'm not talking about NIL. I'm not talking about collectives. I am talking about the school spending money on official visits, on plane rides for coaches to go visit players, on spending money to try to get the kids on campus and try to recruit them in a normal way. You need a lot of money to do so. Do you know who's the, the leader in money spent on recruiting last year? You're not going to be surprised. It was the University of Georgia. Georgia was the league leader, or the college leader, I guess I should say, in terms of money spent on recruiting last year. They spent $4.5 million on recruiting. Is it a coincidence? They spend the most money in recruiting and also, by the way, have the best team and are going for a three-peat? No. Part of the reason why they're able to spend so much money in recruiting is because they're getting a ton of money. From the SEC each year in Parker's TV revenues. So if there's a $22 million gap between schools in the Big Ten and schools in the Pac-12 and what they're getting, you could quickly see how that makes a huge difference in trying uh, trying to attract talent to your school, which means you're going to see, again, less parity and I think more dynasties, which I don't think is good or healthy for the sport of college football. So is it in the sport you think... Good that we're seeing now all this conference shuffling. And if not, do we have any sort of solution to try to make it a little bit more equitable in college football, bring parity back a little bit more? 855-212-4227. Rich is calling from Chicago. What's up, Rich? Hey, Howard. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about what you said, and I disagree. I kind of agree and disagree. And let me tell you where, where I'm coming from. The money that's generated by conference and you know this, it's really predicated on eyeballs and the popularity of the ratings. College football is second only to the NFL and national TV ratings. It's oh, yeah. of the NBA and Major League Baseball. Well, you know, and if you take a look at it, because I, I have a lot of experience. I played in the SEC. You take a look at the top six rated teams in every – well, let's just take the Big Ten, the SEC, since they have all the money. Uh, there's six rated teams that are generating – most of that TV money, and you got a school like a Vanderbilt or an Indiana that is the same recipient as the Georgias or the Ohio States in terms of the allocation of those funds. So it's, it's kind of being dicked. I mean, do you really want to watch Washington State play Vanderbilt? Not me. And I think the solution, because I'm kind of focused on what you are, here's something to think about that I kind of like. You know, you talked about parity in terms of the allocation of money for TV money. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, 
I'm all for the players, too, about the NIL money. But what could fix that? If you want parity, I think there should be a team cap on NIL money. You can spend as much as you want per player, but every team's got the same the same cap on on NIL. That kind of levels the playing field where teams can't buy players because that is going on. You you may be surprised. No, and you're right. No, Rich, I think you're 100% right about that. That, for me, I have a tough time and appreciate the call. I don't like putting a cap on it. I'm not going to tell a kid you can you can only make so much money where this is probably me. This is the best change you can cash in right now in your football skills. And, and again, 1% make it to the NFL from college. I just don't feel comfortable for me putting a cap on NIL. I think there's other ways you can promote parity and not take money out of kids' pockets. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm searching for here. The ways to create parity in college football without directly taking more money away from college athletes and already that is trying to go ahead anyway by coaches, by legislators, by the government. Scott's in Michigan. What's up, Scott? Hey, how you doing? What's up, buddy? Yeah, I don't like a camp either, but I don't know what else you can do because it's never been equal. I mean, the Big Ten started, and when I started watching, it was the Big Ten and a little eight. Our big two and little eight. It was my school, Michigan, and Ohio State. Then parity got in because they took away scholarships. That's the best way for parity. All you got to do is take away scholarships so the better players go to more schools. And that'll make the teams better. But as far as revenue in that and alumni bases, there's, I mean, you're talking about, you know, 100, over 100 years of money. There's a lot of schools that have money, and there's no way most schools can catch up to the rich schools. No, I get that, Scott. And in terms of NIL, I agree 100%. That's not what I'm trying to touch, and I appreciate the call, man. Like, listen, if, if I'm a Penn State alum, if I wanted I don't have it. If I had $100 million I wanted to donate, I, I think I should have the right, and I think that should not be capped and or, again, kind of, like, not allowed. I'm just more talking about... All right, everyone's in the same league here. Everyone is at least starting on first base. Right? If we're playing a game here, right now we have, in college football, teams like Georgia starting on third base with money and resources. Other schools starting on second base. Some schools are not even in the batter's box. All I'm looking for is let's just get everyone home plate. Home plate being TV revenue is equal. Everyone's getting the same, I don't know, $40 million check. Let's just randomly throw in a number every single year. And then from there, NIL is all up to the school. Everything else is all up to the school from there and their success or lack thereof. But at least I think just giving everyone an equal starting point, I think at least could help try to promote parity going forward here and, again, bring more schools to the table and make them more competitive. That's all I'm looking for. Make it more competitive. Don't have it be a walkover where Georgia's beating the crap out of every single school they're playing by 40 points and it's a boring season because no one's on their level because they're just that good. Because they have the resources, they have the finances, they have the talent. All I want in college football, honestly, is a chance. That's it. And if you go into a season with 30 teams having a legitimate chance, I'm in. That's what I'm here for. That, to me, is what makes it exciting. The unpredictability of sports is why we watch. Not many people, I'm sure, are going to watch Georgia games this year. Look at their schedule. There's not a lot of challenges. So there's not a lot of reason to watch when you already know before the game even starts that they're going to whoop South Carolina's ass. They're going to beat the crap out of the Citadel. That's bad because no one watches it. I want games that are watchable, that are exciting, that it's in doubt. 
And that, to me, happens with parity, and that hopefully happens with a closed revenue gap between the haves and the have-nots. All right, when we return here on the Ryan Hickey Show, Sean Payne had some strong words to Nathaniel Hackett. Why did he say them? We'll discuss next. It's Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio.